In today's episode, we discuss chasing a dream, overcoming trauma, the importance of healing, and how to get things done. If you enjoyed today's episode, I ask that you leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. And of course, check out the book that started it all, Renaissance Wisdom, How to Flourish in the Modern Day, now available on Amazon. Today's show is brought to you by IcePod, finally an affordable, portable, and effective way to get the benefits of cold water immersion in the comfort of your own home. I opted for the Pro Bundle, which includes the IcePod, a water circulating pump, a special insulated lid, and a thermometer to check the temp of your water. Even in Georgia, the IcePod keeps my water between 60 and 70 degrees, and when I load it up with a 36-pack of water bottles that I use and refreeze after each session, I can easily get it around 50 degrees for the perfect cold water immersion experience. Despite being light and portable, the IcePod is super durable and it's the perfect solution for anyone who wants to experience the benefits of cold water immersion without spending thousands of dollars for a home water chiller or trying to DIY your own. Cold immersion can help with recovery and muscle soreness, raise dopamine levels, help you wake up and be more alert, help you to burn more calories, mobilize brown fat, and more. Visit podcompany.com and use my special promo code SHANE50107 for $10 off your order, and each sale helps to support the show as well. Stay cool out there, people. Are you looking for the perfect high-protein snack that isn't loaded with stuff like MSG, nitrates, and sugar? Carnivore Snacks is the perfect high-protein snack made from quality grass-fed beef and salt. That's it. Each bag uses one pound of high-quality beef, lamb, pork, or chicken, salt, and nothing else. Aside from being easy, healthy, and convenient, they also taste great. These snacks are not just another jerky. They are way better. Give a bag a try, and I know you'll keep coming back. Check out Carnivore Snacks, spelled with an X, dot com, and enter coupon code SHANE05137 for 15% off your order, and each sale will help support the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast as well. Welcome to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast, where ancient and modern wisdom come together to create a better way of living. I'm your host, Shane Sorensen, and each week we speak with successful people from a plethora of disciplines in search of wisdom from their own lives. Your own personal renaissance begins today. Let wisdom be your guide. Welcome to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Sorensen. I'm here with today's guest, McKay Spartacus Johnson. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Glad glad to have you as well. We we've we've done a lot of work to make this happen today. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we could uh we could we could overcome. So yeah, me too. <laughs> why, why don't you uh start out just by introducing yourself and uh you know tell the listeners a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, so uh, like you said, McKay Spartacus Johnson, the nickname is a reference to a movie called That Thing You Do. I definitely recommend uh, anyone who's watching check it out because it's great because it's about a drummer. Um, (laughs) That's where I get that nickname from. I am a professional drummer, 27 years old. I currently live in Vineyard, Utah. Um, I'm originally from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. My family moved us here when I was six years old, though, so I've lived here for a long time. Um, I grew up in the Mormon or LDS church. 
um, and kind of achieved some TikTok virality a couple years ago when I started posting some content on TikTok um, in the ex-Mormon niche because I had left the church about a year and a half prior. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of stuff that's happened since then, including multiple uh, podcast interviews, kind of like this, talking about my experiences with uh, what it was like growing up Mormon and um, being a survivor of uh, sexual abuse as a missionary. Um, and, you know, just a lot of other lot of other related stuff um i'm an amateur competitive bodybuilder as well it's a hobby i greatly enjoy as you can see hopefully it's <laughs> pythons look at them hey thanks and uh yeah just enjoying life so i think that's i think that's a pretty good summary of me <laughs> so far for sure yeah i mean i i'm i'm interested in you know picking your brain on a couple of things because i know there's couple different paths that we could go down. I mean, um, I think that you and I originally linked up. Um, there was, I think we were a part of like a, a group on Instagram that was like some early adopters of kind of like TikTok that were people yeah. that were on Instagram that were switching over. It was, um, I can't even remember the guy that set it up. He, he ran like a history it was page. A history, history university. Yeah. History university. Um, I haven't heard from I, him in a while. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, I, I know that we were, you know, I was posting really regularly and it was like the early days of TikTok. So everything was just like, it was kind of like everything you posted would just sort of blow up. It's really different now. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, that, that's where I got a little bit, a little bit of the following that I guess I have now on TikTok. Um, you know, I know that when, originally when you started posting, obviously everything was, was more centered around like your experiences and the church of Mormon, like Mormonism and everything that you'd gone through. Like you personally, I mean, what, what kind of caused the decision to rebrand? Cause obviously most of the stuff you've been posting recently has all been drumming. Um, yeah. you know, so what, what are you kind of working on now and what, what caused that shift? Yeah. Well, I think there were a couple initial causes of that shift. I think first and foremost, it, it had to do with the fact that I kind of felt like I had said what I needed to say. Um, I'd said my piece, you know, a big part of why I even um, made a lot of content like that for about nine or 10 months of my life was because it was it was helpful for me uh, with processing trauma that I'd experienced and just kind of like, you know, getting getting it all out there so that I could then leave it um, and not yeah. not not think about it too much anymore. Um, also, you know, and I, so I kind of realized after I'd been making that kind of content pretty consistently for a while, um, I realized I, I just got to a point in probably December or January of December of 2021 or January of 2022, where I, it just started feeling like it was more draining and taxing than it was beneficial for me anymore. And I think the videos I, I was still making in general were still like, you know, helpful for people. And that was a huge positive byproduct of all that content that I made was, you know, um, that it helped people who've gone through similar experiences to feel like they're not alone in, in those things. Um, and, uh, maybe just even be able to, 
laugh at you know things that used to be scary or or traumatic for them um with some videos that, that i made that were more comedic maybe a little bit of making fun of certain aspects of, mm-hmm. of the church or, or, or the culture or whatever um that i that i left behind and so you know, once it got to a point where, yeah, it, it felt like it wasn't doing me any favors to keep dwelling on it anymore. I was like, okay, I probably need to piece out of this niche. And uh, for actually about a month and a half, I transitioned over into making content that wasn't specific to uh, Mormonism, but it was like a, about um, bringing awareness to male sexual abuse survivors and like statistics surrounding that and um that it's a lot more common than than people think and uh actually my most viral tiktok video um to this point came from that time so that was january of 2022 and it's really short when i just like have this song playing and it it's captioned like things people have said to me as a male sexual abuse survivor and then i like do a hair flip you know <laughs> and when my hair comes back up like my shirt's off and there's all these really awful things written in in marker on my skin which are things that people have actually said to me uh mostly on the internet surprise surprise um a few of them in person um you know from from people who really are just ignorant of of that issue so um yeah yeah and it you know that I continued with that little niche for probably about a month and a half. And then I also felt like, well, I've said what I feel like I needed to say about this. So I kind of just stopped really actively posting on TikTok for a while there after January of 2022. And for probably, you know, well, for all of that year and the beginning of 2023, I wasn't really actively posting anything serious. I just post like little funny random videos of things in my life or whatever, but nothing that was like in any sort of niche, you know, and I wasn't concerned with it. And honestly, it was great for me. Like, I think anyone who does any sort of content creation knows that it can be very (laughs) draining, especially if you're talking about serious topics a lot of the time, like I was. So, um, and you know, all all respect to people who do it and do it consistently and continue to do it, whether it's in like the ex-Mormon niche or, you know, um, awareness of really serious dark issues like sexual abuse or if it's uh you know people who talk about politics like um i think that's all important stuff but at the end of the day what i've always wanted to do for a career and and you know have been to a certain degree of success was uh music and specifically playing the the drums and uh i had just been lazy with content creation in that niche because it takes Mm -hmm. it takes some doing on the technical side of things to put out like at least even just a decent like video of you like playing a cover of a of a song on the drums you know you have to balance the audio and everything like have everything mic'd up and you know i have all that equipment but um i just hadn't really figured out the process for making that kind of thing happen and finally uh early this year so now we're in 2023 i kind of woke up one morning shortly after the new year and had this big realization i was like what the hell am i doing like if i really want to make this happen i need to make some and by make this happen i mean like make a music career that like makes my full-time living happen um Mm -hmm. i realized i need to make some big changes make some big moves this year i'm 20 i'm about to turn 27 i turned 27 in february it's like you know not getting any younger you know, approaching 30 every, every day. So, um, I started getting back into a much better regular practice routine. Um, I 
decided, okay, I'm going to start making content. Um, I was also prepping for my first ever bodybuilding competition at the time, which again, is just like an amateur level thing for me. I have no intentions of ever going pro in that, but it is still time consuming and, and I enjoy it. So I told myself, okay, I'm going to keep practicing stuff in the background while I'm prepping for my show. I'll post some fun bodybuilding content in the meantime. And then once my show is done, it's like time to kick it into high key, high gear with like content creation in the, the music niche and uh, to really start making or preparing to make some big career moves, so to speak, um, including an actual physical move out of state, which we'll get to later, I suppose. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, kind of the timeline of how all that TikTok stuff happened. Sorry, I, I think that was like a really long answer. No, no that's good. Simple question. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good to get some of that background. I mean, a couple things I think I'd like to touch on, you know, first off, just kind of acknowledging that I think uh, it, it's cool that you, I guess, had a realization that you didn't want to continue to identify, I guess, as your trauma, right? Because I, th I think a lot of people, they have traumatic experiences or they have setbacks or, you know, negative things that kind of happen in life. And that becomes your identity. And it sounds like for you, that was something that you, you know, at, at a certain point, you kind of said, all right, I, I want to move past this. I don't want this to be my identity anymore. And while I'm sure that those things are still important to you about like spreading awareness about sexual abuse for men and um, different things like that, right? Like it, it sounds like even though it's something you still care about, you, you wanted to move beyond that and not just be kind of like playing that victim in your mind, right? Where I think some yeah. people tend to just get stuck there forever and it's very hard to move out of that, I think, especially when you, you do go through a very serious trauma like something like that. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, you know, I had some good discussions with other fellow like ex-Mormon people about the very same thing, some of whom were also kind of big in that content creation space at the time and other people who are also um, abuse survivors of various kinds and you know, like it, it is good and healthy to talk about it, but you, and you do also need to, you know, do so I think in a constructive, positive way and, and, and heal from it. Cause at the end of the day, nobody's responsible, um, for trauma that has been inflicted on them by someone else. Um, or even just by, you know, circumstance, like someone getting a terrible illness, like cancer or something, sure. but, uh, we are all individually responsible for, um, for our own healing and taking that seriously. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something maybe, maybe somewhat of a paradigm shift that I had. I mean, and it's not, it's, it's not even, I, I wouldn't say that I wasn't taking my healing from that stuff seriously. Like I said, I think TikTok, doing the TikTok thing, the ex-Mormon niche and the, um, um, sexual abuse survivor niche was, was like all stuff that was actually helpful and therapeutic for me. And then when it got to a point where I felt like it wasn't anymore is when I stopped making yeah. that kind of content. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I did have the goal in mind too, like, you know, hopefully this posting this stuff helps, you know, at least one person. And, and I, you know, happy to say I have gotten, I don't know, probably thousands of DMS from lots of different people of different backgrounds who have all gone through similar shit. Um, and, just saying, Hey, thank you for talking about this openly. I thought it was the only one or, um, you know, you, you inspired me to 
do such and such a thing. And, you know, I wasn't posting all that looking for the accolades, but um, it's nice to hear that, like, I don't know, maybe my, my really bad experiences weren't all completely for nothing. Um, but I think part of that is because I did decide to make something of it and, you know, doing that content, but also at the same time, like I was in therapy, I'm still in therapy, actually probably will be for life, even if it's only once in a while. Um, mm. And, and was just really working on healing from those things, moving past them and uh, also continuing with my passions in life too. For sure. Yeah. And, and another thing I wanted to, to mention, this is just like a little, little side too, right? I know you mentioned like, you know, coming up on 27 and I, it's funny. Cause like, I, I sense the same fear of 30 in you that I always had like <laughs> thir 30 was like a really, really like terrible age to me in my mind. Like I was like, 30 is like, you're old, like you're an adult. Like you're just, you're like an old man when you get 30, I always felt that way. And, um, I think part of the reason I felt that way was I did uh competitive Brazilian jiu-jitsu and there's like, until you're oh, 30, you compete sweet. in the adult category. And then after that, then you move into like the master one, right? You can still compete at adult if you want to, but like most people, so it's like 30 is like over the hill. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you my personal experience is like, I feel much better mentally and just like in every kind of aspect of my life post 30, like I'm, I'm 34 now. I, I think that you're, you're going to be a lot happier with 30. I feel like 30 is like the age where a man really like hits his stride. So don't, well, don't feel like it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> no. And you know, that might even just be a, a, a toxic societal expectation or um, stigma of like, aging and the more the more i've gotten into health and fitness actually the more i've realized like you know you can feel good look good be doing all sorts of great stuff well into like advanced age i mean i was watching a yeah. video of some like 80 something year old woman uh yesterday doing like repping out pull-ups like no yeah. no band assistance or, or anything and i've seen videos of old old like 90 something year old men deadlifting over 400 pounds you know like so i do appreciate that and that's probably a, a perspective shift that we all need to to have that like you know a it's never too late to even to start like for sure fulfilling yeah. habits or hobbies or pursuing a some sort of you know goal or dream and and also like if you're not there yet and you've already been pursuing those things like you know don't, don't be too worried. Um, like put, put in the work of course, but also don't be like, I guess, beating yourself up over like, Oh man, I'm not where I want to be yet right. with insert thing. That's important to you here. Right. For sure. And, I, and like, that brings me into the next thing I wanted to ask you, which is just, um, and, and I'm a bit like you and that I, I always have like all these different things that I'm working on and projects going and, and hobbies, you know, I mean, Bodybuilding, very time consuming, not like, I mean, requires a lot of dedication between like, you know, food, meal prepping, uh, you know, actual training, getting your cardio in, making sure that you're cutting that kind of stuff. Uh, being a musician, obviously tons of time, tons of practice required, uh, content creation, ton, tons of time and, and dedication and, and consistency. 
I mean, how do you find time for everything? Or like, how do you kind of plan everything out to get everything done? You know, I'm still asking myself that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, you know, for a while I didn't, for a while I did not honestly find time for everything. I think it's only in the last six, seven months that I've really uh, buckled down better and uh, become to uh, become more consistent with actually making time because it's not, you don't find the time you make the time, right? Yeah, if something is a priority and is important to you, you'll, you'll, you'll make time for it. Like everyone has a busy schedule in one way or another. Right. So I mean, I mean, how, in, in terms of how though, I mean, just like developing little habits, like uh, having a little calendar on my wall and like writing out my, my schedule. I mean, there, you know, for, for all the negative things that I experienced in, in the, the Mormon church, um, I will say there are some positives that I also learned from it, of course. And, uh, that I, that I was raised with. And one simple little thing was actually when I was a missionary, like you have a, you have a planner that they issue to you like every six weeks. And it's, you know, um, you, you plan every day, like in pretty great detail, which, you know, as a missionary basically consists of like, okay, 2 p.m., we've got an appointment with such and such family. We're teaching them this topic. And then from three to five, we're knocking on doors because we couldn't find anyone to teach during that time or whatever. And then we have a dinner appointment and then, you know, so on and so forth, right? Um, and, you know, for me now, it's more like, you know, I'll write on my little whiteboard, right my, by my bed, a little, little checklist of uh, things that I need to get done the next day, simple things like that. Um, I back in, uh, actually after my bodybuilding show, I decided I was going to switch, uh, my regular gym time from evenings to mornings actually, which was really difficult for me. Cause I've been a night owl for, for years with a regular bedtime of like two or 3 AM. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'd wake up at maybe 10 or 11 most days and, um, I'd be hitting the gym, you know, after some work or whatever at like four or 5 PM. Um, but I decided to switch that around, not because there's anything wrong with working out in the evening or afternoon for anyone who does that. But just like I realized for me, it was going to be more effective schedule wise. Um, if I started my day with it. So now I'm generally on weekdays, waking up at six or six 30, going right to the gym, getting my workout in. And there's a lot less people there at that time. So I don't have to wait in line yeah. for a bench or a machine or anything. And then, you know, I'll go work um, and I'll have the afternoons to uh, practice drums, create content, or, you know, some nights I'll have a gig in the evenings, um, which is also work, right? Pays. So that that's, you know, those are just a couple little things of how I've like managed to find or make time for all of it. Um, but I will say like, it, like, like I already mentioned, it was a struggle for me for a long time, especially like in the time that I had uh, that I was like freshly divorced, freshly out of the Mormon church. Like there was a lot that I was going through and I was really just in survival mode. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I think I can safely say now like that I've more so transitioned into like thriving mode. And I'm like really not only enjoying life, but actively working hard towards specific goals and dreams that I've had for a long time in, in various ways. Right. Um, that being said too, I mean, I, found out maybe a year or so ago that I have adult ADHD. Um, and I did not know that until I started having inklings of it at about age 25, which 
uh, coincidentally is when the human brain finishes developing, right? Go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I thought like, man, why is it so hard for me to just complete like basic daily tasks sometimes? And, and why, why will I like go upstairs to grab something? And by the time I get up there, like completely forget what it is that I <laughs> went to <laughs> grab. Or, so yeah. anyways, um, in, in therapy, did some evaluations and figured out, oh yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you have ADHD. So, um, you know, the next step for me in that regard is actually getting medicated, which I have an appointment to do soon, which I'm actually very excited for. And I've talked with several people who had a similar thing happen where they didn't get uh, an ADHD diagnosis until they were um, in their mid to late 20s. And they said it was amazing. Like once they got properly medicated, it was like amazing. And they were like, oh, my God, is this what it feels like to be a regular person like i'm so much more productive now so i'm pretty excited for that um in spite of not being like medicated yet or anything i've gotten pretty decent the last few months at uh being really disciplined with my time management and uh you know prioritizing all the all the good important stuff gym drums etc so yeah sorry that probably wasn't a super helpful specific answer but no no there's a lot of a lot of great info in there i mean uh it, it makes me think when you're talking about like the the adhd and just like going and forgetting what you're doing there's like a clip with uh brian cranson from like malcolm in the middle where he uh it's like he he goes in and he tries to turn the light bulb on in the in the kitchen and the light bulb doesn't turn on so he like walks out and gets a ladder and like opens it up and like the ladder squeaks so then he like goes back into the garage and he gets like, he tries to grab like a can of like oil to lubricate it. And then it's like empty. So then he gets in his car and then like, he notices that his like car, like his engine makes this like funny sound. And then basically it's like three hours goes by and his his wife comes home and he's like, he's got the car all jacked up and he's just like all dirty. And she's like, Hey, can you change the, you know, could you change the light bulb? And he's like, what do you think I'm doing? Like he's under the car just like, yeah, relatable. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I can feel, I feel that way sometimes too, where it's like, I, I'm so fixated on one thing, but it's like, okay, then you have to complete this thing to do this thing and this thing to do this thing. And then pretty soon you're just like, I'm, I'm doing something that's completely removed from the thing that I went out to do. But um, I mean, obviously just, just having a plan, right. Being, being focused and having a plan written out. I think that's super helpful in getting things done. Um Yeah. You know, I've heard people say too, like if you want something done to get done, give it to a busy person, right? Because like when you're when you're busy, you have everything planned out, so you're like yeah. efficient with your time. Versus a person that's not busy, they're just like, oh, I'm just kind of floating through life, like I just yeah. going wherever the wind takes me today. So, yeah, um, I think a, a focus is incredibly important. With with your music, right? It seems like that's the thing that you're really focusing on. That's kind of what got you motivated this year and what you've really been going after. I mean, t- tell me about kind of like what what's the plan there? I mean, I know you said you're doing gigs, like you're you're in a band currently too, right? Yeah. Um, so the plan. Well, I guess is, this is where I kind of publicly <laughs> reveal for the first time. I've been I've oh, been okay. alluding to some of this stuff on my uh, on my social media and like I've I've told some close friends in person but haven't I've been playing it kind of close to the chest you know but um, basically uh, the the first thing with the plan is so so yes I am in a, a an original rock band called Suit Up Soldier um, look us up on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or whatever we're about to release a new song actually for the first time in 
couple years since we dropped our first independent full-length album in May of 2021. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But um, that and, and that band I will continue to be in as the drummer and co-like owner of the band, you know, co-songwriter. The new song that we're about to release is actually one that I wrote, which I'm super stoked about. Um, but that definitely is not the only project I'm involved in. So like actually tonight I have a gig at a, um, a club up in Salt Lake city called Lake effect. I'm playing with this party band called saucy, <laughs> which comes from the guitarist's last name. His last name is saucier. Um, that, and I've been playing that gig fairly consistently, um, for like the last nine months, I think. Um, I, pl I play with a few wedding bands, um, which, you know, musicians know, is actually uh if you're if you're not kind of on the big level like pop or rock artist gigs um like weddings are actually where you make a lot of money as yeah. a a working musician basically um and i've been doing a lot of those um this summer especially those gigs have picked up a lot so and and then i'll also get called to to fill in for different artists and bands from time to time when their drummer like can't make it to a show or something um so i do a combination of all that stuff and uh the plan is to you know continue with my original band um even as i move out of state to los angeles california um which is a bit, one of the big parts of the kind of epiphany I said I woke up and had um, earlier this mm -hmm. year. Um, that is something I've wanted to do for a long, long time, like since I was a teenager. I've wanted to get out of Utah, but specifically since I knew by the time I was about 15 years old and knew that I wanted to play drums professionally because I was already like really good at it after only playing for a couple years. Um, I knew that a move to a bigger market was probably going to be in the cards for me. And, uh, you know, with, with the music industry, you've kind of got um, L.A., Nashville and New York are kind of the big main hubs. Not that you can't make a music career in some other areas, but um, those have traditionally been the, 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 the largest, best markets for it. And uh, mm -hmm. I've always loved Southern California in spite of the ridiculous prices of rent and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, New York. I think it's an awesome place. Great to visit. I wouldn't want to live there personally. And uh, Nashville, kind of the same same thing for, for different reasons. So so in any case, um, you know, I felt for a long time that I wanted to move to L.A., but there's always something in the way. And this year I finally realized, like, no, nah, it's make or break now or never. I'm, you know, getting older. Um, it's like like I'm, I'm single. I have nothing, no one tying me down here. Like... Um, and I, I was just like, I just need to do it. I, I need to take the jump and and do it, man. So that's um, something I'm I'm planning on for uh, later this year or early, like early early next year, like January next year. It kind of depends on um, uh, a, a couple things that happen with a couple tour offers that I've gotten actually. Um, there's a there's a couple bands now actually that have asked me if I'd be available to go on a tour with them um, in kind of the October, November timeframe. And I'm waiting on some details about those to see, you know, if it'll make sense for me to do those, uh, how much they'd be paying, et cetera. So, um, so things are kind of up in the air with that right now, 
but uh, the move to LA will happen, whether it's, you know, fall time, like I mentioned was the original plan, or if it's just a bit later, like in, in January, because if I end up going on one of these tours with, um, with these bands, then, you know, that's also a good, good career, career move for me. Um, and when I'm, when I'm down there, I I'll continue as a member of, uh, my original band suit up soldier. Um, there's a lot of people that do kind of a long distance thing as a band nowadays. Um, we just have to plan out little tour circuits more carefully and collaborate on new original songs, long distance, which is entirely possible with, um, file sharing and all that jazz nowadays, thankfully. Um, and I mean, as far as, you know, party bands that I'm involved with here though, like, yeah, I'd probably have to say bye to those ones, but, you know, shutting some of those doors so that I can open larger doors because the whole point of moving to LA for me would be to, um, get my name in a market and work my way up where I can get on really big gigs. Like I, I want to be playing for bands or artists that are headlining stadiums. You know, I want to, I want to do like the re- the real big time and I'm working hard to actually make that reality with a lot, a lot more practicing. Cause I'm a good drummer, but like, you know, there's good. And then there's like, yeah. astronomical right and i'm trying to yeah. get to that astronomical skill level um and uh the content creation is is part of that i realized like i need to be posting more content and i've i've already gotten some gig offers from the consistent posting of of content so you know it works even if my videos aren't getting like millions of views or whatever like that isn't the most important thing for me it's more that like the right sets of eyes are seeing those videos. Um, I do have some ideas though, of things I might be able to do futurely to like actually make some of my drumming videos go viral too. But, um, one step, one thing at a time. Right. So sure. yeah, those are, uh, those are kind of the, the career moves and what I'm, what I'm planning on as far as, um, my music career. I do, I do have some good connections and, and friends and acquaintances as well down in the Los Angeles area. Um, so I won't be starting completely from scratch with like absolutely nothing. And even my, my original band, we've played a couple shows down there, um, in 2021. So, you know, totally new area. Yes. But also like I've been there many times i know i do want to live there i'm not completely (laughs) uninformed on the situation so to speak and i'll i'll have some support network when i get there which is good yeah that's awesome man i i definitely um i'll tell you as somebody i was i was quite a bit younger when i moved down to uh atlanta georgia and i i moved down for brazilian jiu-jitsu um i oh wow i i had a lot of things that i was doing at the time um no, like I, I still have a lot of hobbies and passions, but uh, I decided I wanted to move to, you know, there were, there were kind of arguably like three places in the United States that at the time, you know, were, were the best jujitsu places I could be. And one of them was Alliance Martial Arts down here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia at the time. And so I, you know, I packed up, moved, moved across the country. I moved, moved nine hours from, you know, small town, Indiana kind of like you, you know, just in this little tiny yeah. town in freaking uh, 
Indiana and moved down to Atlanta, Georgia, you know, huge, huge population, culture shock. Um, yeah. But, you know, something that happened over the years is I continued to train and compete. And, you know, I had big dreams of being like a black belt world champion and all that. And I was at purple belt at the time and I was doing well. I was having some good success and I, you know, had an injury that caused me to take some time off and reflect. But for me, something that happened was like, I sort of realized that I was doing it for the wrong reason. Like when, when I was trying to do something great, like I wanted to be this, this black belt world champion, it was, I think it was coming from a place of me feeling kind of inadequate. And it was like, I was trying to prove that I was worthy of doing something. And it, for me, like, I think that self-reflection kind of caused me to, to shift gears a little bit. And I decided what was more important was not necessarily what I accomplished, but like the person that I became, cause I was neglecting a lot of self-work. I think at that time, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll tell you that even though I never got that black belt world championship and like it, sometimes there's like a little voice in my head. That's a little frustrated. Cause I'll see people that I was like competing with at purple belt and we were, you know, going back and forth or I'd win matches or they, I just barely lose to them. And I see them as black belt world champions now. Right. And I'm like, ah, you know, that could have been me. W one thing that I just feel good about is that I did it. Right. Like I, I had a dream, I yeah. had something that I wanted to go after. And I, I truly believe that if I had decided it was worth the effort, I would have achieved that. It's just that I made a, a conscious decision that I think that there were other things that were more important to me at that time. Um, and it, that that's a thing that you can only do when you actually went for your dream. Right. Like, and I think that's really important that if you do have that dream, if you have that passion, like, if you don't ever want to look back on your life and think like, man, I really wanted to do that thing. And I didn't like that. That's just the worst feeling. It's worse than doing something that you regret it is like the, the feeling of I could have done that, or I wish I would have done that. And I didn't. So I, I applaud you, man. I think that you should definitely go for Dude, it. Thank you. And that I applaud you as well. You've already done the whole like big, you know, cross country move thing. And I mean, yeah, that's, I, I've, uh, I've gotten that, um, advice or, you know, that uh, a lot of people told me that, um, you know, even my, um, my parents and my, my therapist and some close friends, like, you know, have said similar things to the effect of, yeah, like, even if you, if you go and you just suck and fail and fall on your face, like, you'll yeah. at very least have the satisfaction of, of knowing, like, that you, that you tried. Um, and at the end of the day, like that's really uh, kind of all that you can control on an individual basis is, is putting in the effort towards, um, something that's important to you. Right. I think at least so. Um, and it, you know, that being said, like I have every confidence that I am going to do what I am, am saying that I'm going to do and, and intending to do. Um, cause I know my, abilities and also know my my drive and and work ethic and obviously there are crazy things that can happen like like injuries and stuff but um that it's something that i felt like was you know i guess my calling in life to to be like a world-class professional drummer for for a long long time and uh it's not that i've been running from it for the last few years but i think it's that i was more just kind of like delaying it or you know letting other things get in the way or maybe even just trying 
paths to achieve that dream that ended up not panning out to be the the way that it would work like honestly with this uh this original band of mine suit up soldier for the last few years like um there's a while that we were working really really hard on it like during the pandemic we ran a kickstarter to raise 20 grand to be able to fund our first full-length album you know Um, because recording and producing music costs a lot of money even you know when you're doing a lot of the stuff yourself it still costs a lot um and we're, we're still working on that band obviously like and i still have you know confidence that it could grow into more than what it is right now which is just kind of an occasionally like regionally touring um level act but we all me and the lead singer also realized we needed to step back a little bit because we were getting really burnt out so we're still doing it just at a kind of slower pace and i also realized like you know going for that dream with a band is really difficult because you're relying on other people um putting equal effort into the project as well and i think both you know all of our efforts would sometimes kind of ebb and flow into that Mm -hmm. project and i think the best the best project to bet on at all times is always going to be yourself um yeah definitely so so that's what i've realized i'm betting on now and and putting the most work work into doing now and you know if it ends up being with that band i would love that and if it ends up being as the touring drummer of some pop artists that that's great or if it ends up being some other band or bands that i join down in socal that's great too you know um so that that's kind of just i guess my my perspective on on that and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do it and i know it's gonna be really hard at first and i mean i have lived through crazy culture shock before going to brazil when i was 18 years old and being a missionary there for two years and obviously that's different in some ways but i mean hell at least when i get to la i won't be having to (laughs) learn a whole new language and just not understanding really anyone for like the first three months that i'm there (laughs) right yeah something that you said there that i like too that i kind of want to elaborate on is like there's you always hear that saying don't put all your eggs in one basket right people will say it it sounds like you're kind of saying that you have multiple baskets that are kind of on the same ship headed in the same direction and you're like i'm splitting up my eggs between these different baskets which i think is smart right because if you put everything into just one thing if that doesn't necessarily work out right if you put all your energy and effort and drive and passion into this band and the band breaks up because of reasons that are beyond your control you're you're sort of sunk versus as you mentioned putting putting that effort and that energy into yourself right and you you may have this band and this band and you have your um you know like your your content that you're creating and you have the move so you have multiple avenues as long as you're improving yourself and you're working on making yourself better right there's multiple like roads that you can take that'll take you to that general area that you're trying to get to which i think is smart right like diversification a little bit as opposed to just like it's got to be this yeah it's got to be this way yeah no 100 percent, man and like i i think i was i was definitely attached to that very specific goal and dream for a long time of making it big with one specific band that i was like an owner of and and co-writer of the music and stuff which i mean don't get me wrong i think for a lot of musicians that is the be-all end-all dream even for 
even for like financial reasons, honestly, because I, you know, I've learned things from people who are really high up in the industry about like, you know, if you're the tour, a touring musician for even a high level pop artist, like you will be making a really a good income. Like we're, we are talking like six figures here with, yeah. with that. But at the end of the day, you're still someone's employee or, or contractor, I guess would be a, yeah. a more accurate term versus if you have ownership in an original band that you're, that you're part of, um, there's, you're, it's kind of a, a sales position almost. There's like no cap to, to yeah. your income and you're doing music that you, that you enjoy and probably love, especially if you, you're a co-writer of it. Sure. Um, you have control over the, over the brand to to some degree and like if you're one of those bands like a, i don't know foo fighters or killers or imagine dragons or whoever who really gets to a big um level like you're making well a lot you're you're, you're making a lot more than than <laughs> yeah. even a high level touring musician is probably making because you have ownership in the project so you're not just getting paid for your time and services but you're also getting paid royalties and uh you know merch sales percentages and all that good stuff right so you know i i hope when i when i get out to la there that there will be maybe a few original projects that i that i can join and that i'll also continue with the one i have here and uh that there will also be gigs coming in as i put myself out there and network a lot right and put out mm -hmm. content that are you know for touring artists and stuff as they're they're uh contracted musician and uh yeah it really is kind of putting eggs in different baskets so to speak but also um having a razor sharp focus on my craft right sure. playing the drums playing them expertly um and uh you know putting out that consistent content so more and more people are seeing me and seeing what i what i'm capable of and and uh hopefully offering me more more gigs more jobs yeah. I, I might put a little bug in your ear to see if you ever thought about this. So I thought about starting a podcast for a while, right? It was like something that I, as I was writing my book, I thought about, and I had done guest appearances on people's podcast and have close relationships with a couple of guys that, you know, I, I was on their shows and I picked their brains about it a little bit and asked them for advice. And one of one of the things that really impressed me was I talked to this one guy and he talked to me about his kind of strategy for working up and finding better guests where kind of like you start your podcast and you have people that are maybe not as well known or don't have as big followings and you kind of like make connections and through those connections, you can end up reaching, you know, someday you meet, you reach like a Joe Rogan or you get Jocko on your podcast or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, it starts from like connections of like, Hey, you know, do you have any recommendations for like guests for me, which I always ask everybody that comes on the show, because what's a better way to find interesting guests than to ask somebody, Hey, who's somebody that you think is really interesting. That would be a good fit. And I'm not really big on networking. I'm kind of like, I'm very introverted. I always sit at home and I read, I don't want to go to like a big networking event. You know, I don't want to go to a trade show. It's just, it's not my thing. Um, sure. but I really enjoy good conversations. So yeah. sitting and just having a, a deep conversation that's interesting to me and finding out someone else's perspective on a life that's different than my own. It's enjoyable. Like I, I get energy and I enjoy these conversations, but at the same time, like I'm making connections with people who are thinking about success. They're going out and they're doing things. They're, 
you know, they're chasing their dreams. They're uh, working, working on developing a craft or honing a skill. So for me, I think one of the most valuable things that, and I'm relatively new in the podcast world is like the connections that I've made. And I could see a similar thing if you had the inclination, um, if you wanted to do some sort of like, you know, music podcast, right? I think that the connections that you make are the most valuable thing more, more than, um, and I, you know, anybody that's listening to this right now, I hope they're not offended, right? Like more, more than the, the audience or more than people responding and being like, Hey, I loved your show or more than the views or the follows or the shares. I think the most important thing is that, you know, you're, you're getting out there, you're meeting people in an industry that are successful, that are driven, that you have things in common with and you, you get to network. Right. And I think for you, in the music world, that could be a really valuable thing if you're interviewing other people that are successful in music, producers, whatever it is. I don't know. Just I don't know if it's something you ever thought of or not, but it, it is. <laughs> it, it is. It is a good thought, actually. And um, I've had errant thoughts occasionally of like, hmm, what if I did a podcast? You know, not even necessarily music related, just like, what if I did a podcast? And I'm not saying I will never do that. Um, I think it would be. Yeah, I don't know. Might might not be in the cards for me right now, but it also isn't yeah. like isn't not in the cards forever per se. Um, sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it would it would be something I definitely have to brainstorm more. And I'm sure if and when I do that, I'll uh, come to you asking for some tips and a few other awesome podcast yeah. hosts that I that I that I already know. There's actually a, there are there are a few musicians I know of who do some cool music related podcasts. Like Jim Adkins, the lead singer of Jimmy World. Um, does one or at least he was doing it during the pandemic i haven't kept up with it to see if he's still doing it and he interviewed like i mean because he's you know he's the front man of a pretty big yeah, name yeah. band that had some big hits so he was interviewing you know lead singers of other famous bands like he, he interviewed gerard way the lead singer of my chemical romance he interviewed uh william ryan key lead singer of yellow Card, you know a bunch of guys from the same genre and i think he did people in in other genres too and um you know really cool, insightful stuff that gave, gave, I think a lot of people tuned into and watched because it gave people just a lot of insights into, you know, behind the curtain of what it's like in the, exactly. in the music industry yeah. and maybe specifically in that kind of pop punk emo scene. Right. So yeah, I just have to kind of, I guess, pick some sort of, some sort of niche with that, but it's a good idea. I'll give it, I'll give it some thought because <laughs> sure. I do no, I mean... love, I do love good deep conversation too. And like you said, learning other people's uh, backgrounds and, and, uh, unique experiences is uh, actually, I think, a really important part of like the human experience in general. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I'll, maybe maybe I will do that. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just saying. Um, you know, something I wanted to ask you about too, like just uh, obviously, I know you know you, you left the, the Mormon Church and everything. Um, do you, I mean, do you still have like a, a personal relationship with God? Is that something that, you know, like, do you, do you have a faith still that you follow or, and if, if you don't want to delve into it, that's fine. We can skip over it no, too, I'm, but I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, to. you know, yeah. I, I'm totally, I'm totally happy to talk about that. Um, so a big part of a, a big part, and it wasn't the only thing, but one of the big reasons I left the Mormon church was because I personally stopped really believing in God, at least, at, at least like the judeo-christian like vision of god as like this you know perfect man or spirit in the sky that like you know is all-knowing all-powerful and stuff um sure 
de- definitely like I would describe myself as an atheist or, or or an agnostic atheist, honestly. And that, you know, for, for a long time, that was kind of tough for me actually, because like, while I felt like kind of the new beliefs of there not being any sort of God, um, were, were true. Um, at the same time that was, that it was tough to go to that from having believed in almost kind of a fairy tale. Like, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Mormon beliefs and stuff but you know obviously they believe in like god and then like uh jesus christ and and all that stuff they believe in an afterlife um and believe in like families being able to be together eternally and like you being able to be together with your spouse forever and and stuff like that um and in some ways like a lot of those beliefs that are like really beautiful but also there's kind of in my view a dark undercurrent to them of like well but you'll only have all these eternal blessings if you do everything the right way in your life and do everything we say. And, uh, um, if you don't, then you'll be separated from your family for eternity, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a watered down version of, I'm sure anyone who is of the faith watching this will be like, that's not what we believe in. I'm like, sorry guys, not trying to be offensive here, but that's like in a nutshell, that is kind that, that it's not kind of, that is what the doctrine of the, of the Mormon faith does say, um, in, as few as words as I could get it out. Um, but you know, that being said, so going from that to kind of feeling like, Oh, there, there is no God and this life is all we've got. And we are a product of evolution and cosmic, you know, um, forces and and matter and stuff. And and our thoughts and consciousness come from electrical signals in our, our brains, you know, all the scientific stuff, right? Like, I had some major existential crisis for very much for like the first year after the post Mormonism, but you know, with time comes acceptance comes healing and uh, new, new fresh perspectives. And actually very recently I've started um, delving back into some spirituality on a personal level. Um, A lot of that is just like mindfulness and meditation. Um, you know, spending quiet moments alone. Um, I really love, since I live in Utah, I love getting up in the mountains and uh, being, getting away from civilization and either going alone or just with a couple close friends and uh, really connecting with the, the natural world. Um, I have to be careful how, how much I reveal about this experience. Um, <laughs> on on a public podcast but i will say a couple of weeks ago i actually had a really special i would call it a very spiritual experience um up in nature with three close friends and i was in an elevated state of mind i'm sure you can infer what uh-huh, yeah. what i'm talking about there you know there are uh, there's there's definitely some really beneficial um natural things in this world that when you take them um can really uh really open your mind right and uh, that that was a, that was a really special like awesome experience for me and that's like you know one way that i've begun to reconnect with spirituality and again yeah it's not like a rigid belief in a singular god or anything like that and you know honestly at the end of the day i'm very content now to not have like specific answers about like is there a god or is there a life after death uh, it, to me it's much more like i don't know 
And that's great because I can just focus on the present and living my life, which as far as I know is the one life I'm ever going to get. Um, and just living it to the fullest and in the best, most positive, loving way where it's great for me and I'm positively impacting the people around me and the world in general. You know, it's kind of the grand hope, at least through my career. And actually speaking of, you mentioned doing a podcast. I haven't thought about doing a podcast as much as I thought about like writing a book one day about yeah. some of my experiences, but I could totally do a podcast as well. That would also be a good vehicle for that kind of stuff. So anyways, I digress. So spiritual, not religious. I know that's kind of a, a cliche phrase, but I, you know, that, that is where I'm at currently with uh, my, my beliefs, I guess. Um, I feel really strong, um, spiritual experiences with music. Um, I saw fallout boy and bring me the horizon. Um, cause they're on tour together like three or four weeks ago. And that concert was a spiritual experience for me straight up. Bring me the horizon has some songs that, uh, uh, brought me back from the brink of suicide once upon a time. I really love them. Uh, fallout boy. I also have really loved for a long time and just felt really inspired watching them and how talented and good they are. And uh, was also like really nostalgic because of early experiences with my brothers who introduced me to Fallout Boy. So, you know, that's where I where my spirituality lies is in music, is in nature, um, and connections with people around me. But yeah, as far as far as like believing in any particular god or any particular religion, definitely not. Uh, organized religion for me is like a, a hard mm -hmm. pass after <laughs> being raised in the Mormon Church and being really deep into that for, you know, 24 years of my life. Um, and I'm, I'm really content and happy that way right now. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Hopefully. I just, I was, I was curious, you know, I mean, obviously it's a, um, it, it's a big change, right. To, 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 especially, you know, to be a, to be a missionary, to be that deep in something it's, uh, any, anytime you have something that you identify with, or that's become a huge part of your identity and that you lose that, you know, I'm just kind of curious about those shifts and yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting I, because people who, who leave Mormonism, and I think who leave any sort of organized religion in general, like every, everyone's kind of got a different path out and a different place that they land afterwards too. I know some people who have left Mormonism, but joined like some other Christian church. You know, um, some people who left Mormonism and became like some other religion that's not even Christian at all. Right. And then, yeah, there probably are a lot of us who who left it and decided no religion whatsoever. But some of those even still have like private beliefs still in like the Christian God and in, in Jesus or whatever. And like in my view, you know, I think it's totally fine for people to believe what they want to believe as far as in as much as it's not hurting other people, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, that that's one of maybe the long-term beefs I have with a lot of organized religion is that I think they tend to, you know, and speaking broadly, not just about Mormonism, Mormonism, but a lot of organized religions in general tend to get very involved with, you know, the political sphere and influencing people's lives, including, you know, lots of people who don't share the same beliefs. And I think that's really problematic. So like, yeah, I want people to believe what, brings them peace and, and contentment and, and purpose in life, but also like 
for everyone to be able to do so in a way that's not like forcing others to, you know, have to conform to their, their worldviews. Right. And we're all a product of our own, uh, experiences and those experiences inform every, all of our unique perspectives on, on things and the, even the things we believe. So, yeah. You know, like my, my background too, um, I, I guess like in my teenage years, I was probably around 13 or 14 and I became like a Christian and I, not like any specific denomination. I don't know, just general Protestant, I guess, you know, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and kind of non-denominational, I, think, I guess. Yeah. And I, I was, I was really heavy into it, especially in my later teen years. Like I was really, I, I was like really, really into it. I was reading the Bible a lot and I didn't belong to a specific, I didn't even, I never liked church. I, I never really enjoyed church ever. Like I, I would go and I would just, I'd hate it. I hate the energy <laughs> there. I hate the vibe. I, I just, everything just feels so like phony and fabricated to me. But, um, yeah. and I fell away for a while and I was kind of like you, you know, agnostic. Um, I never want to say that I ever was an atheist. I always thought it was kind of more reasonable to believe that there's probably something just maybe we just don't know what it is like that there's like you could look at the the laws of the universe like i would argue that you know you look at the laws of science and you look at the way that the planets align and the way that everything in the earth works together like you know some people would say well that's just proof of like these i don't know like these laws of science where i would kind of say well i i think it's a it's an indication of some kind of design there's some some sort of intention there that all these things together came together and, you know, maybe there's an infinite amount of universes and this is just the one universe out of an infinite number that kind of came together the way that it did. And I guess that's the way that I believed for a while. Um, and recently, I like just over the last like six months, I've been having a lot more like you, like spiritual kind of experiences and meditation and looking within. And it's, it's actually brought me back into, I guess, Christianity, like, but in, in a very different, in a very different experience um, where before I think I was kind of looking at Christianity as like the religion of like, this is what you're supposed to believe, or this is what kind of people tell you to believe where this experience for me is very different. And I think a lot more meaningful for me because it's coming from my own experiences. It's coming from inner work and meditation and reflection Um so yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think that like the, the whole organized religion and I, I've spent a lot of time recently, like just thinking about like Jesus and some of the things that he did in his life. And it's, it, it's always amazed me how, when you look at the vast body of, of, of Christians or Christianity or the religion, how different it really is from what Jesus, like the way he lived, <laughs> the way he yeah. taught. The, <laughs> no, <for> and, <laughs> um, you know, I, I've very recently, I mean, I've come to the kind of like the decision that I think that, you know, that the, the gospel of Jesus is, is far more radical than what most people would like acknowledge, right? Like, you know, Jesus literally told people to, to put their, put all of their wealth and their possessions and just give them away and just be a follower of Christ. Like he didn't say like, oh yeah, go out and like start that business and like do this stuff that you wanted to do. He was like, no, like get rid of all of that and just go out and like do my work. And, um, like I said, not saying that that's like the road that everyone should take, but I, I think that when, you know, whenever people get together and they put their heads together and they try to say like, this is the way, you know, there's, there's <laughs> probably something wrong there. Like, cause there's always going to be someone that doesn't yeah. agree. And yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent. Like in a lot of ways, you know, maybe minus like the identifying again with Christianity thing. Like in a lot of ways, that's where I've landed too. Belief wise, is that sure. you know anyone anyone who's saying, oh, this is the one correct way to live your life and maybe path to some sort of salvation or nirvana or whatever, they're probably trying to sell sell you something. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, gain, gain some sort of, sort of power or whatever. And like, you're right. I mean, even when I was Mormon, like I, part of another part of what kind of kickstarted my faith crisis and stuff was seeing a lot of differences between like the Jesus that I believed in, in the, at the time. And, you know, um, between that and like the things that he allegedly taught versus like the things that the Mormon church was and, and still is teaching or operating, you know, and, uh, you know, there, there's a huge disconnect there. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I kind of, I guess I, I arrived at a point where I realized I would rather live my life like belief wise based on what there, what I, what I have evidence for and what I know is like concrete and there rather than like m things that are maybes or could be, but there's no proof or evidence or way of really knowing. Because I mean, like another thing was even like, um, you know, at least in Mormonism, I think other Christian denominations, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, will, will say this too, but they'll often say like, well, the Holy Spirit will confirm truth to you. And you'll be like, okay, well, what is that like? And they're like, oh, it's this, you know, feeling that's confirming that something is right or true. And it's, it's a good feeling or it's like a burning in your bosom is how they yeah. refer to it often in Mormonism or like, it's a still small voice. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, so I've had that exact same feeling that you're describing, which I did have sometimes at church, not going to lie. I've also had that same feeling like listening to a song I really liked or just on a hike or at a, at a concert of a band. So like, is Eminem true? <laughs> like, yeah. It's kind of a facetious example, but just, you know, you know what I mean? Just, just like of, you know, um, I, I guess like I'd been taught like, a lot. Like, you, I have you this know, feeling, right. That like, you know, the Holy spirit is like telling me that this thing that you're telling me is wrong. And then yeah. it's like, it's like, well, no, 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 no. Like that can't be like that. That's a yeah, demon, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, the, you know, I think a lot of these, you know, preachers, pastors, uh, prophets, whatever will always, you know, if, if the spiritual personal confirmation or whatever, it may be that you're getting doesn't align with exactly what they're teaching. They're like, Oh, well, that's, that's not of God. That's of the devil. Right. And right. I honestly like, if there is a God, and let me, let me be clear, when I say I'm atheist, I'm not saying I know 100% that there is no God. I just don't believe in one because for me, there hasn't been enough evidence to convince me that there is. Right. Yeah, I get a couple of questions I just like to run through with all my guests, uh, just, just to get a little bit about like how you structure your day, your, your mindset, that kind of thing. Um, the, the first thing I always like to ask is just, do you, do you have any daily habits that you like to run through? Yeah, um, working out every day for sure and that's generally in my mornings now unless i have a you know a kind of shaken up schedule on a particular day because of some other thing that's happening um two hours of drumming every day for me um right now Mi minimum one hour but ideally i try and get two hours every day um and 30 minutes of that is dedicated to like technique stuff and like working on building up my speed building up my endurance um right now there's actually a there's a drummer 
um, that goes by the moniker of El Estepario Siberiano, who in the last like year has gone super viral because he's been posting these videos where he's covering a song, but then he does, he does it like one handed and these are not easy songs he's playing. He's playing like mm. fast, like I've seen that speed. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's seen him. Drummers like he's and playing like Dragon Force with like one hand. Yeah. Or like Avenged Sevenfold or whatever it might be, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then, and then like, in his videos where he uses both hands, like he's, he's doing insanely fast. And it's not just the fact that he's playing really fast, but it's also that he's playing very cleanly and precisely and with a lot of musicality and, you know, doing really cool, unique stuff and uh, playing fun, fill ideas and grooves and has a lot of crazy, like four limb independence, you know, and uh, he partnered with Drumeo um, which is like this big online drum academy, YouTube and Instagram that's been around for years and in recent years has gotten really, really big with millions and okay. millions of followers and subscribers. Um, he partnered with them and released this free course um, where he, he has like 10 exercises that are, he says, are exercises that he's done like consistently over a long period of time to achieve the crazy levels of like superhuman hand and foot speed that he has. So I've actually been incorporating some of those lately along with cool. a couple like exercises of my own. And, you know, honestly, I treat, I treat it some pretty similarly to the way I treat um, lifting weights and bodybuilding it is like, you know, I do like sets and reps of a certain exercise and I'm trying to increase the, the speed or the tempo that I would be doing it at just the same way, like in the gym, you know, you're doing set, sets and reps of like bicep curls or whatever. And you try and increase the weight or the number of reps or sets or whatever that you do week to week. Right. And that's how you grow. And same thing with, with, with drums in a lot of ways, you just got to keep doing consistent playing and exercise and stuff. And that'll increase your ability and speed and coordination, whatever. And then I try and spend a lot of that practice time every day as well. Um, learning new songs to post cover videos, um, or like learning songs for upcoming gigs if I have something new to to learn and working on just different different skills and stuff. Um, you know, just kind of speaking in broad terms right here. I could get really specific if I wanted to, but most sure. of the listeners of this podcast are probably not drummers, so I would say something. It'd be like, "What the hell is he talking about?" <laughs> um, Might be a little lost. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and other than uh, the other than those two habits. Uh, I mean, I don't know, normal personal hygiene stuff <laughs> as far as far as daily um, things. Yeah, trying to trying to think what what are, what is anything else? Oh, um, like a 30 minute walk every day as well. OK. Cool. What about um, I mean, I always like to ask people. You know, and if you're not really into reading, I, I get it. It sounds like you got a lot of stuff that you you do practice daily. Um, do you do you have a couple of book recommendations that you you recommend to people? Oh, actually, yeah, um, yeah? yeah, I do. And I actually just uh, like I I'll be honest and say I have not been reading daily lately, but I, I have been reading. Um, sure. And I just maybe I think about two weeks ago finished a book which is actually at my feet so this is kind of funny i'm gonna like <laughs> interesting <laughs> so so i just finished this book um by michael j fox it's called okay. uh, 
no time, no time like the future. An optimist considers mortality. And, you know, I think most people watching will know, but I'll just give a quick refresher. Obviously, Michael J. Fox is a really famous actor, played Marty McFly in the Back to the Future series, and he's done roles in a lot of other like movies and TV shows. And I think it, it was the late 80s, so pretty soon after he was in those Back to the Future films, that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Mm. And he has been dealing with that, you know, his whole life since then. And uh, um, he's really inspiring to me in that he's taken, honestly, a really, really terrible disease diagnosis, which coincidentally is actually the disease that um, took my step grandpa's life, who is the only grandpa I ever knew. So, um, and uh, he he's started like this foundation years ago for to raise money for Parkinson's research to find a cure and stuff. And they've done a lot of good things um, on the, on that road. I mean, there's no cure per se yet, but they've, you know, helps develop and fund like research and development for better medications to like manage Mm -hmm. symptoms and like delay, like slow the progress of the disease, I guess, in, uh, in people who have it. And that's still really good. Um, And uh, he's also just really inspiring in like his approach to life. I mean, the subtitle of the book is an optimist considers mortality and, you know, he's, kind of being really frank with some experiences he goes through recently in his life, like a, a spinal surgery and breaking an arm and stuff that like are complicated by having Parkinson's and how much all of that sure. sucked for him, but, but how he kind of pulled through those, those difficult experiences and, uh, you know, still finding beauty in life, even though, even though it's a uniquely challenging and, and difficult life. And I found it to be a really inspiring book that was well worth the read. And it's not that big of a book, either um i'm also rereading uh the silmarillion um which is you know jrr tolkien's uh Mm, kind of foundational work for middle earth so like you've got the lord of the rings trilogy which everyone knows that story but then the silmarillion is like i guess you could almost call it the bible of the middle earth uh, mythos i guess because it basically like tells the tale of the creation of middle earth and all the like great battles of like the early ages and stuff with like the, uh, the Ainur who are like the, the mythological kind of gods in, in, in Tolkien's uh, fantasy universe, I guess. Um, it's, it's really cool. And it's like really beautifully well written and stuff. So even from just like a, you know, becoming a more eloquent person kind of perspective, it's, it's worth the read as well. Um, and one other book I read wasn't that recently, but um, was fairly recently was The Alchemist by Paulo mm. Coelho. Yeah, really, really and, popular one. Yeah, great book. Um, great philosophy in it. I uh, I read it in English. I kind of want to go back and read it in Portuguese because I speak Portuguese fluently um, and read it mm. as well. Okay. And, you know, it was originally written in Portuguese, Paulo Coelho is Brazilian. So yeah, I, I, awesome. I think I need, I think I need to reread it in its original language. Cause I feel like there'd be a little extra meaning, um, in that way that is maybe lost in translation a little bit. So sure. yeah, those are my book recommends. Cool. Good, good recommendations. I'll, I'll have to check out the Michael J. Fox one. I, that sounds really interesting. You, you should have, uh, you should like record that, put it on the, put it on the Amazon reviews that sell a lot of books for him. 
hook him up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> yeah. What about, um, what about like personal heroes? Do you have any personal heroes or anyone that you look up to? Oh man. Oof. Um, that's a tough question because yes, and there's a lot. Um, give me a sec to gather my, my thoughts here. Um, so I'll try and keep this to not too many. Um, <laughs> uh, one that I'll say right off the bat is actually, um, uh, Brandon flowers, uh, lead singer of the killers actually um they were and still are our favorite band um and it's it's funny that he's still a personal hero to me because honestly a big part of why he was a personal hero for me growing up was the fact that he was the lead singer of a massive you know international platinum selling rock band right um and he shared my faith at the time. He he is still Mormon. I'm obviously mm. not anymore. That was a big thing for me because, you know, growing up in the church, telling people, yeah, I want to be a rock star, be a professional music, musician. Like most people would discourage that. There were a few people like my mom who would always be very supportive. Um, but, uh, you know, so that was really inspiring to me. And, you know, the interesting thing, though, though, is that like after I left the church, like, um, he still inspires me because not only has he, you know, fronted this awesome kick-ass rock band for, for years and been very successful with it, but he's done so while also like having um, a good family life. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's married with a wife and kids, and that's definitely not something unique to Mormonism by any means. But I've just generally always been impressed with um, the kind of human being he is, and uh, and his character, and the fact that he's been able to do that kind of career while yeah. having a family, which it is something that I want to be able to do as well. Um, and it's, I know it's not an easy thing though, as uh, like a big professional touring musician or rock star, pop star, whatever. So um, he's one, uh, Neil Peart, rest in peace, the uh, drummer of Rush. Um for obvious reasons, he's, he was just one of the most iconic, greatest drummers to ever live. Um, and aside from that, he also was the main lyricist for Rush. Um, and he is actually a really smart, intelligent guy, wrote several books about his uh, long motorcycle uh, voyages across you know, Africa and across all of North and South America, uh, one of which I've actually read. It's called um, Ghost Rider um, Travels on the Healing Road, I think is the subtitle. And he actually wrote mm-hmm. that one after his wife and daughter died within 10 months of each other. Wow. And he, after that happened, he went on the, just this long, like no end in sight um, motorcycle journey across Canada, the US, Mexico, um, just like, you know, dealing with his grief in that way. And yeah it was actually something I read after I had left the church and gotten divorced and I was dealing with grief in a, in a different way, but it was grief nonetheless, right. Of losing two things that were very important to me at the time. Um, so that was, there's another book recommendation too. two birds with one stone. (laughs) Yeah. Um, man, other personal heroes, I've got a lot, but I would have to take time to collect my thoughts, I think. So I will leave you with those two. All right. That's good. Those are good, good choices. Um, and the, the last thing I always like to ask everybody is, you know, if you could 
like hop in a time machine, go back to a little bit of a younger version of yourself. You know, maybe I, I feel like usually the teenage years are kind of formative and you could give yourself a piece of advice. What do you think that that piece of advice might be that you'd give to a younger you? That's the tough one, right? Yeah, man. And could I, could I give my younger self any advice that wouldn't completely alter the timeline and rupture the space time continuum? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the question or is, is like, is that, is, you know, or is that the goal here? <laughs> it's, it's whatever it's, it's dealer's choice, man. I mean, you, you get to choose. Do you, would you go back and would you alter it? You know, would you just give yourself a little bit of guidance? Would you, you know, would, would, would you give yourself a little bit of hope? What would you say? I'd probably keep it vague and I would say something to the effect of, you know, um, this whole journey of life and it's, and just everything that you're going to go through in the next few years, like it's going to be far more difficult than you ever imagined in ways that you never imagined. And it's going to, um, your, your life is going to, uh, I guess the gist of this advice would be to expect the unexpected because I would tell my younger self, your life is going to take um, twists and turns that you never thought it would take. And including you may very well end up living through some of what you think are your worst case scenarios and your worst nightmares right now. But through that process, you're also going to discover how much strength you have and how much you can overcome. And when you realize that, you realize that you can truly do absolutely anything um, with enough determination and, and perseverance and um, not being afraid to rely on those around you to, to help you when you're in need and then turning around and paying it forward and helping those same people or other people uh, when, when they need it. I think I would maybe say something like that because I don't know, man, like I, you know, in spite of there being things in my, that have happened in my life that I'm like, yeah, that really sucks. Like, I'm glad I'm not dealing with that now. Um, There's also good things that I pulled from those experiences. Right. And like valuable lessons learned. Um, So there are things that, yeah, maybe with my current perspective, I would have done way differently but the reality is I didn't have that perspective back then. Right. So, um, yeah, like I don't, I don't believe in living in regret. Even if you've done things that you deeply regret, it's like, well, that sucks. You have to live with it now. So you might as well make the most of it. Right. And just focus on the present and what you can do right now to, uh, make things better going forward, I guess. Definitely. That, that's the, Definitely the most popular answer. I say probably a little over 50% of the people that I've interviewed is it's, and it just, I I think it's so important. It's like that we end up in these places in our lives where we're going through something and we feel like just everything is going to end, right? Like you, you think it's like the worst possible thing that you could go through, but then you get through it and you look back and you're like, well, it's just a part of my journey. Right. And um, I think that's the thing. It's so hard to remember when you're going through shit, but 
we need to, we need to remind ourselves all the time, right? It's like those, those experiences, no matter how bad they are, they're just like, like Nietzsche said, right? If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And I get it. Like not everything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? If someone cuts your leg off, it doesn't make you stronger necessarily, (laughs) you know, unless you get a bionic leg. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, But there is some truth to the fact that, you know, these trials that we overcome in our lives turn us into the human beings that we are. And I think, you know, for me, like I'm a really big fan of philosophy and stoicism, obviously. And yeah, the, the stoics tell us all the time that these things that we go through, the trials that we overcome, they, they aren't just there to like test us. They actually are like a chisel, right? And it's, you're like chiseling away the dirt and like finding the diamond that's underneath. And if you didn't go through that difficult experience, you wouldn't realize how strong and and how powerful you really are. It's like through overcoming those trials that that you realize your potential. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Like, and I, and I love that because, uh, you know, I think, I think the difference between what, doesn't kill you either making you stronger or just breaking you the difference lies in you know the work we do on ourselves post like post experience post post trauma right yeah yeah Yeah, exactly like you know you you know the two people can go through the exact same experience and one can you know process it properly and turn around and become a successful you know, person like millionaire or whatever, whatever their definition of success is, I guess. And then the the other person might, you know, just be kind of a broken shell of them themselves for the rest of their life because they don't take charge of their, their healing and their, uh, and learning lessons from it. Actually that, um, just as a really quick aside, that reminds me of, uh, something I saw Adam Grant post, um, a few days ago, which I don't know if you follow him on Instagram or whatever, but he's like a psychologist, I believe. And, uh, posted this interesting graphic that basically showed through some long-term studies that, um, experience does not equate to wisdom. Um, reflection on experience is what leads to, to wisdom was, was the gist of it because like they had this, this graph of like, they, through, they did some sort of test that like tested people at various ages, how like wise they are, which I think, you know, might be a slightly subjective thing, but I think there, there were like certain questions they asked them that they could tell, like, you know, based off the simplicity or the complexity of the person's answer, like how much wisdom they had, I guess. And like, then they were able sure. to figure out, you know, that they had all these points on this graph and like, um, there was no correlation, um, to age with uh with wisdom it was all just based on you know if people reflected on the experiences that they've that they've had so i guess we all just have to decide to learn from the things that that happened to us good and bad right amen um i'm with you I'll, that that's that's the lesson right going forward <laughs> yeah yeah um well, man, I, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Um, I definitely really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me this evening. Uh, is there, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to you, find out more about you, um, how, how should someone reach out? Um, yeah, my phone number. It, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. Usually uh, Instagram is, is a good place. So my, my Instagram handle is just Spartacus, S-P-A-R-T-A-C-U-S drums d-r-u-m-z um Hmm. yeah that 
I don't know why cool. I did it that way, but I did. <laughs> and yeah, yeah me message me, message me on there. Um, cause that's like my, I would say my public outward facing, like social media really, um, where the whole intent with that anyways is to, you know, grow my following and, and to get my, my drumming and, and stuff out there. So I'm perfectly happy to receive direct messages from total strangers on there and, you know, provided you're not saying anything like weird or inappropriate or whatever, I, I do try and take time to respond to those um, when I when I'm able to. So, yeah, I've, I've yeah. actually made some really great connections and made some lifelong friends from uh, from that sort of connection where someone just DM'd me about I don't know maybe a, another podcast interview I did or something or my TikToks or whatever and kind of turned into whatever else from there. So yeah, don't hesitate to reach out, I guess, if you want to. Sure. <laughs> and if you do want to just don't be weird guys, come on. Like don't, you know, I don't want, yeah, I don't want the Renaissance nope, wisdom no crew weird. to be the weirdos. Like... <laughs> Hopefully. Not. All right. Well, th thanks again, man. I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy to pass, passing on some of your wisdom through that experience. So, uh, thanks again. And, uh, Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast, and hopefully you learned at least one lesson on today's episode. Our mission here is to uncover practical wisdom to create a better way of living for our audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us by leaving the show a review on your podcast platform of choice and by giving it a share on social media. This really helps us to grow our audience and to continue to add more episodes. If you are interested in learning more, please check out our website at renaissance-wisdom.com or check out the book that started it all, Renaissance Wisdom, How to Flourish in the Modern Day, now on Amazon. Thank you again, and may wisdom be your guide.